For our final podcast this season, we'll be hearing from our editorial board to take a look back at all the highs and lows of spring 2023. I'm managing editor Stephanie Morales. And I'm editor-in-chief Kate Bent. This is Scuttlebutt from Coast Report, the student voice of Orange Coast College. From on-campus overdoses to multiple state championships to the addition of cartoons and podcasting, we've had quite the semester here at Coast Report. It's really been a wild ride with the amount of breaking news we have covered, as well as all the regular campus goings-on. We have done a little bit of everything these past few months. We certainly have, and we're going to bring in our entire editorial board to talk about their favorites from this semester. First up, let's talk about the most important section of any newspaper, news. We start with going over some of the biggest stories to hit our campus this semester. For more insight on these, let's bring in news editor Kate Myers. Hi, Stephanie and Kate. Thank you for having me. One of the first things to come to mind was from the beginning of the semester when a community member overdosed in a campus bathroom, causing OCC Campus Public Safety to administer Narcan on him and reverse the effects of the opioid overdose. That's really intense. Did the person end up being okay? Yes, he did. Someone called Campus Public Safety quickly, so they were able to help him before it was too late. He was rushed to the hospital, but released a few hours later. I think even though this was just one event on campus this semester, it speaks to a bigger issue overall. Between the two overdose deaths OCC had at the harbor in 2021 and the concerning increase in fentanyl overdoses in Orange County, Narcan accessibility has become essential. Can you tell us a little bit more about what we learned through reporting on this event? These events definitely sparked conversation in the newsroom about Narcan, since fentanyl has become a more prevalent issue, and it was an opportunity to spread awareness about an issue that not everyone knew about. We talked to OCC's Director of Mental Health Services, Larry Valentine, who recommended a harm reduction approach. We hear so often about harm reduction, But for those who aren't familiar with it, please explain. Harm reduction is a gentler approach to supporting those with addiction. It works to destigmatize addiction and encourages people to seek help when they need it. Rather than ignoring addiction, it creates a more realistic approach to treating people who are struggling rather than an all or nothing. For example, needle exchange programs encourage people to use clean needles instead of sharing with others when doing drugs. Some people argue it encourages them to continue But realistically, it reduces the risk of infections like HIV and hepatitis C significantly. Arts and culture editor Alexis DeMaria wrote a great explainer story on harm reduction as well. Let's move into some of the more recent news we've covered. Though it wasn't our school, our Coast Community College District's sister school, Golden West College, had some unexpected things happen, to say the least. In case anyone missed our prior Scuttlebutt episode when we talked about this, can can you briefly catch us up on what happened there? The saga at Golden West all started when a former student and employee was sending disturbing and explicit emails to staff members at the college, and someone who wasn't a student brought a gun to campus. As a result, Golden West moved their classes online for a week before spring break. Things escalated quickly when the school issued a shelter-in-place order because someone matching the description of the suspect who previously brought a firearm was on campus. Huntington Beach Police Department cleared the campus and made sure everything was safe, but it was scary nonetheless. That's a lot of events and information to deal with in a short span of time. How did the newsroom handle this information? Everyone did great. 
I was really impressed by all the teamwork and collaboration by everyone on staff and everyone's willingness to help each other. Kate, you and I were making calls to sources together. Our multimedia editor, Colin Sweeney, was going to campus to take pictures for us. Others on staff were constantly checking Golden West sites for updates. It was really special to see everyone working together like that. Yeah, the circumstances were obviously unfortunate, but it was great to see so many people collaborating on the story. Thank you for sharing, Kate. Thank you for having me. Moving over to sports, this spring semester, the Orange Coast College Pirates added two more championship banners in women's basketball and men's volleyball. Here to discuss the athletic highlights of this semester is sports editor Timothy Hessen. Hi, Stephanie and Kate. Thank you for having me. This has been my third semester covering sports in the newspaper, but the stories we saw this spring semester were unlike anything I've ever seen before at OCC. I want to start by discussing our historically successful women's basketball team led by state tournament MVP Megan McIntyre and head coach Sammy Doucette. Now, for context, this was Doucette's third season at OCC. She was tasked with rebuilding a program that's been struggling for a few years, right? Yeah, so the women's basketball team had a total of six wins in the two combined seasons before Doucette's arrival. In my time at OCC, it's been wild to see this team be built in such a powerhouse from where they started. When you look at their roster, their starting two-guard and second-leading scorer in Annie Trin was a walk-on, and their sole post player in Savannah Siler was not very heavily recruited coming out of high school. In spite of having some unproven members to this team, they were just so dominant this season. Let's talk for a minute about superstar Megan McIntyre, who was the MVP of the state championship tournament and was named co-conference player of the year in the regular season. You've had several interviews with the star point guard throughout the season in playoff previews and game stories. Tell us a little bit more about what makes her so special. Yeah, that's tough to answer because there's just so much to talk about when it comes to her. Between her on-the-court skills as a point guard, her role as a leader on this team, and how she transferred here from a struggling Golden West College team last season, I think the most striking quality about her is just her confidence and how it's just spread throughout this whole team. Now, the records are going to show the OCC only lost one game this season, and people might see that years down the line and think that this team was just absolutely stacked. But in reality, they were not a perfect team. There was only one player on this roster that had really any size that could play in the post in Siler, and because of that, they were statistically an average rebounding team, and they lived and died on the three-point shot. But every single game in these playoffs, it just worked out for them, and I think a lot of that has to do with McIntyre's leadership as a floor general. Now moving on to the other team to take home a state title for OCC this season, let's talk about men's volleyball. While our women's basketball team this year was the story of an unlikely underdog, the second team to win a state title this semester was very much the opposite. Timothy, you've covered the team's whole run throughout the playoffs. What are your biggest takeaways in looking back at what they accomplished? It's interesting when you look at their history. Coach Travis Turner's team did come in as defending champions from last season, but painting this as just another chapter in a dominant dynasty doesn't really tell the whole story. Coming off of last year, every single player from that roster, outside of libero Tyler Vetter, either transferred or graduated, leaving the Pirates with essentially an entirely new roster. This team was not expected to get as far as they did, especially with the looming powerhouse that Long Beach City College had become. Long Beach had lost in the state title game to OCC last season, but this year they just rolled over everyone all the way to the state final. Before the Pirates upset them in that match, they had won 18 straight matches and 48 consecutive sets. 
The fact that OCC managed to win it all in a year where they were such a clear favorite and the team had only one returning sophomore is just such a big testament to the program that Turner has built at OCC. So with how unlikely the season seemed to be for OCC, can you tell us a little bit about how this came to be? Well, when you look at this team, the first name that you have to talk about is Sebastian Lara. He finished the year third in kills and fifth in hitting percentage in the entire state, and those numbers don't even take into account what he did in the postseason, where he won state tournament MVP and scored 43 kills combined in the final two matches. He was just such a phenomenal player to watch here at OCC. And past just the statistical dominance, it just always felt like OCC was in the game when he was on the floor. You talked a little bit about Coach Turner, but as somebody who's interviewed him many times throughout the season, can you give a little more insight into what he means to this team? Yeah, that's a great point to bring up, Stephanie, because it's something I've thought about as well and something I've asked pretty much everyone from this team about. The thing about Coach Turner is when you ask him about his role in putting this dynasty together, he always deflects credit, whether it's to the players or the rest of his coaching staff. You can just tell from the way his players talk about him how special he is to this program. Tyler Vetter, who is now a two-time state champion, spoke to me over the phone in the lead-up to OCC's state tournament appearance about his coaching, and the big thing he emphasized in that interview was just how hard Turner pushes everyone on that team. When you look at the results, it's clear to see that he's an elite head coach. And when you consider that they are back-to-back champions and have won four titles in his time at OCC, a third championship has to be in play for the, for the men's volleyball team. Thank you, Timothy, for coming on. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. The arts and culture section was full of diversity this semester, from playlists to photo essays to reviews. We have V. Cabrera and Alexis DiMaria, Coast Report's co-arts and culture editor, here to highlight a few stories from the past few months. Thank you both for being here. Hi, Stephanie and Kate. Glad to be here. Me too. Let's start with a question for Alexis. What stories really shined this semester for you? So pretty early on in the year, contributor Marcy Cano covered an exhibition going on at the Doyle Arts Pavilion by Anne Fong, a Vietnamese-American artist who highlights the immigrant experience through her paintings. What's really valuable about the arts and culture section is we get to not only see the amazing products, but also dive into what motivates the artists that are around campus. Is that something you do a lot in stories for this section? Getting behind the curtain, so to speak? Oh, absolutely. For example, recently our features editor, Liz Hanna, spoke to an OCC alumni ahead of his performance in All Shook Up about the process he went through to prepare for the role. He volunteered to cut off over a foot of hair just for the part. Getting to work on a longer, more in-depth story that puts an artist's motivations front and center is really amazing, and I'm glad we got to put it out there. I noticed a lot of stories in arts and culture are reviews on everything from movies to books to concerts and even food. Why do you take this approach in your coverage? Yeah, so one way we can cover events around campus is to let our reporters speak in their own words. We've done food reviews about local restaurants, movie reviews, such as V is about the film She Said for Women's History Month, and reporter Sydney Field has done multiple book reviews. When we have month-long celebrations or holidays, it offers us a chance to get creative with the writing in arts and culture. Can you give me an example of stories that challenge creativity this year? Yeah, like Alexis was saying, holidays give us unique opportunities. Early in the year, we had two playlists come out for Valentine's Day, one for those of us that enjoy the holiday and another one for those that can't stand it. It was really fun getting those published. I know you and me, Stephanie, as well as Liz Hanna, recently published a photo essay that showcased Alvera Street on Cinco de Mayo. 
You did fantastic work capturing the spirit of the celebrations. Thank you, V. Of course. That's what's really valuable about the arts and culture section. We're able to do more that highlights connections between people. It's a really important part of our paper. I definitely agree. All right. Thank you both for talking to us today. Anytime. Thank you for having us on. Next up is Views, and Views editor Kylie James is here. Hi, thanks for having me. Before we get to the section highlights, first tell us more about what your section covers. Yeah, I'd love to. Views is made up of Coast Reports editorials, perspectives, and opinion pieces on local news as well as the occasional national inter- and international controversy or debate. Sometimes this can include taking someone taking a stand on certain political or social issues or reflecting on a personal experience and sharing what they felt or what they've learned from it. Our editorials are based on a position that the entire editorial board has taken, like our stance on recent changes at Twitter or our desire for a coffee cart that is close to the newsroom. I'm really proud of the pieces we put out this semester. Sometimes it can be hard to encourage people to share their opinions on controversial topics, but we had a few people really step up. I know Views has a history of being somewhat of a desert when it comes to how many articles we produce. Is that something that's impacted the quality of the stories? Not at all. Despite the fact that views can be seen as daunting, we've managed to produce really well-written stories and informative articles. Which stories stood out to you the most this semester? I think the use of cartoons and perspective pieces this semester has really set us apart. The perspective piece by arts and culture editor V. Cabrera about how the death of TikTok personality Brianna Gay affected her as a fellow trans woman really captured what's important in views. Sharing your opinion and thoughts based on your own experiences while also informing the community about the news that matters. It's really important to share perspective pieces like that so you can represent those who may be feeling the same way and give them a voice. You mentioned the use of cartoons as a highlight as well. Tell us more about that. Yeah, it's actually super exciting. This is the first time in my three semesters of Coast Report that we've had the opportunity to implement cartoons in our newspaper. Reporter Anna Tran did a few cartoons this semester, both standalone and as visuals for our editorials, on topics ranging from COVID-19 to the leaks in the new LSS building. I love how we are thinking outside the box and utilizing our reporters' hidden talents. How did that change the way views were done? I think it really expands the type of stories we as a newspaper can do. In the past, we've had stories that are interesting but not fleshed out enough to be their own articles, so we end up killing them. Now, with the audition of cartoons, we can present shorter articles in a visually appealing way that both informs and entertains. I think cartoons are a great attention grabber. The use of cartoons can draw more people in and get them excited to see what the view section has to offer. I hope that cartoons will be used for many semesters to come. Thank you so much, Kylie. Of course. Thanks for having me. We now welcome our multimedia editor, Colin Sweeney. Welcome, Colin. Hello. As a former multimedia editor, I was interested to see what you would do with the section. How would you say it has developed over the course of the semester? I would say multimedia has undergone a major transformation. We just this semester received new cameras, majorly upgrading the quality of our photo work. We have also integrated TikTok more, which has improved the diversity of our content. What are some of your favorite projects that have come out of your section in the past few months? I've really liked a lot of our photo essays. Having more people on staff this semester has opened us up to possibilities like this. I loved your photos from Olvera Street covering Cinco de Mayo Stephanie, and reporter Andy Garcia's photo coverage of OCC Women's Basketball's finals was also great. This semester, we also added podcasts. How would you say podcasting has affected your section? Podcasting has been a welcome addition to the multimedia section. 
Having been in the works for so long, it's great to have it officially implemented in our production schedule. So far, we have scuttlebutt running and hope to have more in the coming semesters. Kate, this podcast series has really been your baby recently. Is there anything you want to add? Yeah, I've had a hand in all aspects of this podcast, from writing to producing to editing. But it hasn't just been me. We've had a great team working to bring you Scuttlebutt. Hopefully, we've laid the groundwork for many successful podcasts to come. Why has this been so important to you? I think podcasts are the future. The way they've grown over the past few years has been exponential, and it is now a $2.2 billion industry. As print changes, podcasts are a highly accessible way for people, especially Gen Zers and Millennials, to get their news. It's convenient. People can now listen to podcasts when they're driving to work or at the gym. It really goes back to the 1930s and 40s, when Americans would gather around the radio to hear the news of the day. It has certainly been fun to be a part of. But the new podcasting equipment isn't the only cool gear we've gotten to play with this semester. Colin, you mentioned something earlier about new cameras. Where have they been the most impactful? I would say definitely in sports. Those photos have been spectacular this semester. The new cameras have taken our sports photos to the next level. With the more intuitive system, the new ones make shooting so much easier and help our reporters reach their potential. All really positive changes. Thank you for your time, Colin. Thank you for having me. And now we're going to highlight one of my favorite sections of the newspaper, features. And here we have our features editor, Liz Hanna. Welcome. Hi, Kate and Stephanie. I'm excited to be here. Hi, Liz. What are a few of the stories from the feature section at Coast Report that stood out to you this semester? Well, there are some really great stories that hit the desk. So I've narrowed it down to a few that I loved reading. And they're all about different topics. And the writers really dove in deep to give a great holistic feel to the stories. And that's what features are all about. Sounds interesting. What's the first story you'd like to share with us, and which of our coast reporters wrote it? Actually, the first one I'm going to talk about is one of your pieces, Kate. Awesome. Which story (laughs) was it? It was just recently published. It was Like Brothers, Combat Vets Find Purpose, Friendship at OCC. Yes, I loved writing that one. Those guys were so fun to interview. What was it about the piece that made it to your list of favorites? I loved the banter between them, and your writing was witty and fun and a great compliment to their personalities. And your story also highlighted Makerspace, which I've only recently heard about, and it sounds like such a great place to get creative. It was wonderful reading about how these two veterans plan to use the skills they practiced there and then take them to the next level in aerospace, defense, construction. That shows how special Makerspace is, that you can go in there and come out with experiences that you can carry over to so many other things. And those two guys, they had me laughing throughout that story, too. Thank you, Liz. The feature section is the perfect place for us to dig in and tell someone's story. What's another piece that you felt did that and brought someone to the forefront? Yes. News editor Kate Myers wrote, Williams brings women's empowerment from White House to OCC as part of Coast Report's Women's History Month series, Badass Women of Orange Coast College. This piece highlighted the incredible story of one of our own political science professors, Anne Marie Williams. You know, we're all so lucky to have professors here that have been so influential and have come from such diverse and interesting backgrounds. Their insight is invaluable, and Kate wrote a great story about the hard and important work Williams has put in to help empower women, and it showcased what a badass she is. 
Exactly. We are so lucky that OCC has these great mentors that help to inspire us students. Was there another story that topped your list of favorites this semester? Oh, yes. I loved Putting in the Woodwork by reporter Anna Tran. The pictures throughout the story were awesome and really put you in the workshop. The interview with construction technology professor Tim Peters showed his passion for the craft and the super strong work ethic he strives for in himself and expects of his students. And furniture design and making student Catherine breaking through boundaries and getting in there was so inspirational. I think Anna did an amazing job of describing the projects and the woodworking lab in a way that shows the teamwork that's in there and the ins and outs of the projects. You know, I really don't trust myself around machinery, or I would absolutely take that class after reading that story. Liz, thank you so much for stopping by and telling us about your favorites this semester. Anytime, Stephanie. Thank you both for having me. Well, I certainly loved hearing from all our editors. What a diverse semester we've had. But Stephanie, you're managing editor. I'd really like to hear from you too. What were some of your favorites this semester? Well, I had a few. First up, I would like to talk about V's explainer on Mendez versus Westminster, which was the case that desegregated schools in California and was the basis for the Brown versus Board of Education decision a few years later. She did a great job of making a subject that was difficult to understand interesting. She gave a voice to the characters that I couldn't put down. What was another one you liked? I loved Liz's review on OCC's production of All Shook Up. Her writing was lively, and she really got to play with her style on this one. She initially thought it was going to go one way, but then listened to the life of the story and trusted herself to go with it. And you have one more you'd like to talk about, right? Yeah, it was your Love Sucks playlist story, and it was plain badass. Love is a universal language, and it's not always pleasant. It has all the emotions wrapped up together, and it's messy. It would have been easy to turn into a negative jumble of yuck, but it turned out to be a delightful bitch fest with your besties. Thank you so much. I had a lot of fun writing it. What about you? What were some of your favorites this semester? I had several. I think one of the best pieces was from before the semester even started, with your story about the baseball field, the house that Alto built for the anniversary of the helicopter crash that killed our baseball coach, John Altobelli, his wife, Carrie, and their daughter, Alyssa, along with Kobe Bryant and several others. I felt that you really honored those we lost by speaking to the people they left behind, like current baseball coach, Nate Johnson, and John's brother, Tony, who is our sports information director. Plus, your photographs were beautiful. Thank you. I really felt that it stretched me both as a writer and reporter. It became the story of the anniversary of a monumental event in the history of our college. I felt a great responsibility to capture a continuing legacy without being invasive. You did a great job on it. I appreciate that. What was another favorite from this semester? I really liked Alexis's explainer on harm reduction in Narcan. We saw how it saved lives on our campus and how valuable it could be in the future. This type of story is so important because not only does it get information out there, but it destigmatizes opioid overdoses and substance abuse in general. This is the kind of reporting that really matters. Agreed. And you had one more that you wanted to talk about? Yeah. I really liked Anna's profile of Matthew Kenslow. He's an OCC alum who graduated in 2019 and has written a book called Juggling the Issues about how he's managed to achieve his goals in spite of an autism diagnosis. 
I find it inspiring that he doesn't view his autism as a disability, but instead just lives his life a little bit differently. I think his story can be a powerful lesson that what others might see as an obstacle can become your superpower if you have a positive mindset. Exactly. Everyone has challenges in life. It's about how you deal with them. Thanks for talking about some of the highlights of this semester. Yeah, we covered a lot in 16 weeks. I'm proud of seeing how we've been able to grow as a newspaper and watching new writers on staff find their voices. This is my fourth and final semester on Coast Report, and I can say that returning to school and joining the paper has been the one of the best things I have ever done for myself. Not only do I love Coast Report, but I love the person I've become while on staff. Finding journalism has changed the course of my life and has given me a purpose unlike anything else I've experienced. Covering this campus with all the interesting programs and fascinating people has been a blast. I can't urge people enough to join Coast Report. Just reach out to us on socials or click the Join Coast Report link at the bottom of our website if you're interested. And that concludes this episode of Scuttlebutt. You can find this and upcoming episodes on Spotify, Apple Music, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And for the latest news on all things Orange Coast College, follow Coast Report at coastreportonline.com and on all our social media channels, including Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Coast Report. Our theme music was created by OCC Music student Brian Dang. Scuttlebutt is a production of Coast Report, the student voice of Orange Coast College. For Kate Bent, I'm Stephanie Morales, and thank you for listening to this edition of Scuttlebutt.